Episode 57, Raquel Work, the Principal Teacher, Part 3. Welcome to the Principles and Practice Podcast. This is where we discuss biblical principles for life and learning. I'm your host, Heather Hall, and this is my co-host, Brian Hall. Welcome to Part 3 of our interview with Raquel Work, the Principal to Teacher. Today we are continuing our discussion about Raquel's thoughts and experience with the principal approach. Make a case for why people reject the time and effort that it takes to be a principal approach age educator. I think that we have to, as Christians, get away from the idea that our goal is to get through lessons or get through a curriculum Amen. or get through a scope and sequence. Mm-hmm. That is the most difficult thing to overcome. So if you could take, and, and literally, I remember Carol Adams and Elizabeth Humans telling me themselves, <laughs> just work on one section or one unit and, and invest your time and energy in that. And I mean, in retrospect, I didn't do as much as I probably could have or should have, but if parents could really take that to heart because I'm, I'm, I'm at the back end now. And I'm saying, literally, if you just take one book, the book of Heidi or Pinocchio or carry on Mr. Bowditch, just one, like, yes, maybe the ideal would be to cover three or four books in a year. But if your child were to take that one book and become a master at it, not only knowing the content, but being able to reason through the principles and articulate principles like that alone. Okay, to read the book might take you one quarter, but then to reason through it and write about it would take you maybe another quarter or two. And then to present, like you have to practice your presentation, whether it's going to be a demonstration or an actual speech. That takes time. But imagine if after 12 years, your child had 12 memorable experiences where they were getting better and better at thinking biblically, writing biblically, and speaking and articulating biblically. It's such a powerful idea that I think we need to just put all the lesson plans, all the curriculum to the side. And let's just focus on one good at everything or master of. <laughs> oh, a jack of all trades. Yes. A master. Jack of all trades, the master of none. Yes. That's, that, I don't want that to be us. That's that. Right. Be, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, and I think, yeah, I went through the lesson plans with every subject through the NOAA plan. And then when it came time to branch off and create my own, I started with history and art and mastered those. And then, but you're just, it helps develop your thinking so that when you do dive into the other subjects to master those, you already have some foundational principles there that are overarching for every subject. And then you have others that you can dig deeper for on your own as the Holy Spirit leads you. And that's what makes it so beautiful because it is a part of your relationship with God and his spirit leads you for the instruction of your children. 
it's not going to be the same for my family as it is yours, you know, necessarily. So, um, and to be able to have that kind of a relationship and pray through the lessons and really follow his leading is just so tremendous. There's nothing like it at all. And the prerequisite for mastering a unit is self-government. Mm-hmm. If your child isn't disciplined enough to sit for 15 minutes, then work on that because that has to be the beginning place. You know, there's certain uh, expectations that the world has, which are good as far as how much attention span should a five-year-old have? How much should a six-year-old have? I always tell um, the younger kids, you know, if it's a first grader, I would say, all first graders should be able to sit calmly and quietly with their ears listening, their eyes attentive, and tracking the speaker with their eyes for 10 minutes. And so I would set a timer, talk for 10 minutes, and then be done and praise them for what they did well and encourage them to work on what they could work on the next time and increase that time every year you know, go to 12 minutes or 15 minutes until they get old enough to where you can sit and talk and they can engage with you for the amount of time that they need to at that, you know, whatever age is appropriate. Yeah. And I think that that's where Charlotte Mason families will really relate to the, the length of the lesson plans and how to gain the attention span of their children. Yeah. It's one of the beauties of homeschooling or having your own you know, homeschool co-op or hybrid is that you're not confined to the standards that the state has when it comes to how long classes have to be. It does not have to be a 45 minute, you know, hour stretch or anything. So um, that that is important to bring up. I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah. Yeah. When you, when you go to teacher school, like I did in college to be a teacher, they don't necessarily tell you, you know, well, first graders should sit for this long. I mean, it's always just short for the younger ones and it increases over time. But um, there was the strategies on how to manage your classroom, things that you should say that are really key components to engage the mind. So, you know, for the younger ones, it is more like, well, if I want you to sit calm and quiet, well, what does that actually look like? What are my hands doing? What is my body doing? What are my eyes doing? And that we have to communicate that to our kids so that they can see that as a young age, you know? And what does that look like as a fifth grader or an eighth grader? You know, maybe they're taking notes or maybe they're um, summarizing what has just been said from just staring or, you know, listening and things like that. So giving them those tangible things that you can say that are practical, you know, visual things that they can see too, um, that prove that they can govern themselves at every stage or every grade. Well, let me add too, not everyone has had the privilege that I've had to go to teacher school, but a lot of what I try to communicate in the courses that I have and will develop um, is the idea of what the body should be doing because there's a lot of kids who can't focus and aren't disciplined to just get a short task done. 
So when I'm teaching um, teachers and training teachers, these are the things I want to pass on. And these are the things that are unique to me that I can offer to the homeschool community. And I think that's going to be valuable. But you, the regular homeschool mom may not necessarily know that this could be a valuable tool. You know, so if you are a homeschool mom, you know, consider yourself a teacher in training and really take the time to not just learn your subject, but to learn how to manage your children and give them those baby steps or those tangible tasks that are quick and that require the focus for that short amount of time so they can get done and progress because that's ultimately the goal is we want them to, you know, get better and get smarter at what they're learning. So, okay, so what are you actively doing with the principal approach today? You want to fill us in on that? Yes. So um, I have done seminars, a lot of different seminars in different places and venues. So I love teaching teachers. I love teaching adults. I mean, I love children too. And I love curriculum. Literally, I sleep and dream and eat <laughs> curriculum and lessons and subjects. I have fallen in love with subjects. You know, I have a personal relationship with subjects. So I um, am continuing, you know, once I finish homeschooling, um, I was in the public school for six years as a fifth grade teacher and a second grade teacher. And so that also helped me, you know, uh, build my knowledge base on education in general. And so I am now creating courses for homeschool parents. I have a course that I'm developing now where it's basically, this is how you would teach every subject in every grade. And I give people an overview of the subject so that they can look at a curriculum that let's say they buy a curriculum, they'll be able to pick and choose what's gonna work and what's not gonna work because they'll have that base of understanding similar to what I was talking about, where they have those methodologies that are helpful in making decisions related to adjusting instruction to the needs of your child. So I'm doing courses like that. Um, I have written a course on writing for upper elementary and middle school, and I'm still working on the one for high school. Um, I am also developing a unit for fractions. Uh, so that would be upper elementary, middle school also. Um, I am in the works of developing the outlines for my reading lessons for elementary. Uh, this would be kindergarten through second grade until they become fluent. So how to teach your child to be fluent. And then once they become fluent, then I'll have a unit on comprehension and how to teach comprehension. And that'll include the younger grades too, because you still do teach comprehension in the younger grades, but you don't just, you don't spend as much time. So I teach you how to do all of that for elementary school. Um, and it's basically could distill it down to two or three strategies that you use over and over and over. And they're quick, they're not time consuming, but you have to learn the strategy. And that's what I would love to you know, pass on in my courses. So 
So I got a lot of things um, building up uh, these this whole you know program that I'll be selling once they're all complete. I do have the writing one for the upper elementary ready to go. Um, but yeah, so that's what I'm actively doing is um, writing courses. And then also I am running the homeschool co-op for the Christian homeschool co-op for our community here in Maui. And uh, that's been going great. We have a lot of moms that are very young, have babies and preschoolers and uh, kindergartners. So I'm super excited to see a batch of young moms, you know, grow and learn how to be great educators and be confident in what they're doing. Well, it's so exciting to learn about all that you're doing. So where can parents find your courses? Well, I have a website for my main uh, course, which would cover all the main teaching strategies. But then I also have courses on the biblical classical community. And um, you can find those that will be more chunked into different, uh, you know, sections of content as opposed to like a whole grade level. So, um, yeah, those are the two places that I am uh, have my courses posted. All right. So we're going to go ahead and drop the links to where you can find Raquel's courses in the show notes. So be sure to look for those. So Raquel, is there anything that you would like to say to encourage the homeschool parents out there that are listening? Yes, there's a couple things. Um, I want to recommend a couple key sources for elementary history. The Mighty Works of God is a series of easy to read textbooks on history given by the Pilgrim Institute. And those are invaluable for learning Christian self-government and America's Christian heritage. And those are pure principle approach curriculum. And even if you go slow or fast through those books, they're beautifully written. I mean, the easiest way to do it would just be to read aloud and talk about it. But they also have teacher guides, which include different activities, reason questions that you can ask, and different things that you can do to teach it. So that's a resource that I highly recommend for anyone, whether you consider yourself principal approach uh, educator or not. If you're an American Christian, I think these resources are invaluable. Um, and then of course, um, one of my favorites is the AMO program. It's a literature, mostly literature-based program, and they have unit studies for individual books like Heidi and Pinocchio and Carry On Mr. Bowditch and several others. They also have Bible um, curriculum for Bible, like the book of Luke or the book of Psalms, the book of Ruth, different books that they're doing, Genesis, Exodus, I believe they have too. And so those are super fun because they have coloring pages, they have reason questions, they have a very short teacher section where it would probably take you five minutes to read that. So you get in that right mindset, that biblical mindset of teaching um, that particular lesson. And they also have arts and crafts for those lessons. And they include um, ideas for doing a festival with that particular book. So those are the, my two top favorite resources that are out there that I think um, your listeners would absolutely love. Um, the encouragement I want to give parents is 
I talked a lot in this particular session about what we're lacking in American Christian education. But I want to declare and say that American Christian education and biblical worldview education is growing. And it has been growing and increasing for years now. When, uh, I don't know when exactly the Foundation for American Christian Education like instituted their particular nonprofit, or business, but, um, you know, you got Verna Hall and Rosalie Slater that were researching our true foundations of America's Christian history in the 60s, and then you have the NOAA plan that has been come together in the early 2000s, and back then when I was starting out, biblical worldview, those, those two words were not that familiar to a lot of Christians. But now just the words biblical worldview is like a common knowledge seems like to a lot of American Christians. And so that's because not only the Foundation for American Christian Education, but multiple and several other organizations have taken on this mantle of biblical education and biblical worldview thinking in education and have begun to spread it, not together as a group, like they've all done this independently of each other. And I'm amazed at how many resources are there, there, there are out there now. And now we have the biblical classical community with Brian and Heather Hall and a bunch of other of us that are helping out with that. And we want to take it to the masses. We want everybody to know. And so I just want you to be encouraged that there's support for you. Like back when we started, there wasn't a lot, a lot of support, but we're here. We don't have full-time jobs. This is our full-time job, training and educating and sharing biblical principles with ed other educators. And so um, don't be afraid to just jump in to stumble along. We can, we can help you. And it's not just me or Heather, but we got other teachers that are ready to go and to help you along the way. And we just love what we do. We love our children. We love the Bible. We love Jesus. And we want to see our country continue on the path of liberty and to put off the oppression that seems to be looming over us right now. We want to put that off and continue to stand for liberty and truth and biblical thinking. So that's my encouragement to moms. And I hope that um, moms are encouraged by that because it is something definitely worthwhile. Those are excellent words. That's great encouragement, Raquel. Thank you. Thank you. It's my pleasure. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining me today, Raquel. And I look forward to future podcasts with you. As always, if you're looking for additional resources or support, you can visit our website at principalacademy.com. Check out our shop and our blog. And you can also find us on Facebook at Christian Homeschooling with Bible Principles. Also on Instagram under Principal Academy. Thanks so much for joining us. All right. Well, this is Heather Hall. And this is Brian Hall. For Christ and his glory.